0: And welcome back to Black Cash Podcast. We have Julie Moore, a candidate for state representative for Michigan's thirty-fourth House District. Stay tuned. Be a good conversation. podcast i'm your host matt um tonight we got a different show because shane and dorian are gone um for work reasons and pleasure reasons i guess um tonight filling in for shane is jake redder welcome back jake
1: hey what's happening man
0: yeah it's been a couple days since i've seen you last yeah yeah a couple
1: <laughs> days and uh only a week since i was on the last podcast yeah,
0: Yep, for sure um tonight we have an awesome guest uh julie moore julie moore joins us she is a candidate for the 34th is that correct julie
2: Yeah. Yep. The new,
0: the new 34th. Yep. Yep. She's running for, um, house representative. Um, Mm -hmm. so this is going to be exciting show today. So, um, Julie, how about you introduce yourself? Just give a little bit of, you know, do some background, um, you know, about you personally, or you you know, just basic stuff, obviously. Um, and then why you're running for Congress and all that good stuff.
2: All right, well, well, thank you, thank you for the for the mic. So um, again, my name is Julie Moore, and um, I am running for um, our state House of Representatives um, in what's going to be our new thirty fourth seat. So currently, you know, we're working under the fifty seventh, which has Branna Kali as our state representative. And um, you probably know she's termed out this next election. Um, so I have decided to go ahead and um, try to follow in her footsteps. Um, pretty big shoes to fill from Rana. Um I think everyone in our community just loves her. She's done some really great things um, for our county. Um, and so just hoping that I can step into that spot. Um, so just a little bit about me. Um, I am a Tecumseh High School graduate. I am a 2007 University of Michigan graduate of the School of Nursing. I'm a Christian a wife, a mother, and a grandmother, and I have lived by and instilled my faith and my values in my children, and I share them in the community. So currently, I do work as a diabetes educator, so that's a diabetes nurse educator, and as well, I'm a community uh, volunteer. Um, So we've lived here in Adrian Township for quite a long time, raised our family here in, in Raisin Township. Um... And I am currently a precinct delegate and actually I'm um, also a member of the Republican Executive Committee. Um, so if you ask that question, gee, you know, why now? Why am I stepping up now? Really, I just believe that um, we have just seen an accelerated pace of movement um, in the wrong direction for our country. Um, and so I just believe that it's time for us to get back to those you know, fundamental values um, and protect that Constitution that we know and love. Um, so just trying to, to get up and do that for our family. So I have a huge family. Uh, I have six children, uh, 12 grandchildren, um, and I just want to leave them a better Michigan. Uh, so it's time to, to get in there. And um, so very passionate, of course, about healthcare care because I am a nurse. So um, I've seen what's been going on, um, you know, uh, with patients and in our communities uh, with health care. So passionate about that. Um, As well, I think education is just so important. Um, I actually did homeschool my children, um, but working along with our community educators as well to just make um, education um, something that's just really the best that we can for our youth uh, that are going to be our future leaders. Um, And then our economy. Boy, you know, even sitting in my office as a nurse, I just hear my patients talk about, um, golly, you know, the rising costs at the grocery store. Um, at the gas pump, you know, we're retired. Are we going to have enough money to sustain us? Um, so I just feel that compassion and feel like that, I, you know, I could be that person that steps into that role, um, that Brana will be leaving and hoping that I can do, God, even, you know, just half as good a job as she's done. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Awesome. With all those, um, kids and grandkids, you sounds like you got plenty of time on your hands.
2: <laughs> right right there it, it does seem like a, that could consume my time for sure but that's really just why i think it's so important right now to step up you know i mean again i just really want to leave behind a good a good place for them to to grow up and raise their families and so that's just why i why i try to step into this role
0: right and i think you know we got to be good stewards for our future generations um and, unfor- and unfortunately i think we got lazy as a whole not just you know, one side or the other, I think a collective America has gotten lazy as far as defending what, you know, we've always held true as well. I guess a certain sect of us do believe in the Constitution and stuff like that. Go ahead, Jake. You're really I, well, I was going to say,
1: <clears throat> I think a lot of it comes from uh, the education system that we currently are uh, dealing with is that they're not really teaching kids civics. They're not teaching um any of our kids about, you know, how government really works and how it's supposed to be work, how it's supposed to work off based off the Constitution. Uh, right now we're being sold this bill of goods of, uh, you, know, you know, government is the only way to way to go. when really the Constitution is about small government and self self-governance and, and being, you know, you know, personally responsible for your actions and 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 personally responsible for uh, your betterment of your own self and family, not dependent on the government to create that opportunity for you, that it, it needs to be taught to our kids in education that you create those opportunities. And they also need to be given the tools mm-hmm. in, in education to be able to do that. I mean, I know from growing up, I mean... <sighs> how to balance checkbook, how to, you know, how to, uh, properly, you know, assess your credit score and things like that. None of that was ever taught to me. Um, there's just a whole plethora of things that, you know, aren't taught that later in life I learned on my own through a lot of hard lessons, Mm -hmm. uh, that, um, that, you know, you, you figure it out and you just want to see that, that it gets passed on, you know, through, through early education, rather than later on in life when you've already done made a lot of mistakes.
0: What do you think about that, Julie? Do you think? To, uh... Yeah,
2: I mean, absolutely, yep. absolutely. I mean, really, when you when you think about the Constitution, and I and I can't say that I'm an expert on the Constitution, so throwing that out there, right? Uh, just learning, so learning about the Constitution, reading, um, taking some classes from some uh, from a local gentleman um, that that does do some Constitution classes as well. Is his name Jack? Um, you know what I've been learning. I'm sorry. Is
1: his name Jack? Yes,
2: yes. it is. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> taking classes from Jack. Yep. And, you know, one of the things I've been learning is that really, um, you know, our founding fathers believed that we should always have a knowledge of the Constitution. And so, you know, George Mason, one of the fathers of the Bill of Rights, said that, hey, no free government nor blessings of liberty can be preserved to any people, but by frequently referring to the principles. And so when was the last time we actually referred to those principles and actually read the Constitution? Um, and I'm going to be one of the first ones to say that, you know, it's not easy reading.
1: It's not, no, <laughs> You know, it
2: takes some not. time to think about it and, and learn a little bit about it.
1: So. I, I think where a lot of people, um, start to throw people off is that, they try to say that the, uh, the the Constitution is like a living, breathing document that it's always evolving, and 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 things like that. And it's not. It's pretty. It's pretty no. w- written, pretty plain, and uh, it, it very precisely as as t- well. And throughout the years, courts have like um, been able to. Uh, basically take a, a a comma out of uh, uh, of a certain statement out of the bill of rights or within the constitution itself to completely change the meaning of a sentence or mm. a phrase that's being mentioned in that constitution and it, it's just, it's frustrating because um when you know how it was originally written in, in, in its intent that when you change that it completely changed the intent of the of the sentence or that phrase so that i mean that's a big thing that i think that uh that a lot of people don't really understand and how it's being manipulated and and really changing it and making it a weapon against the people rather than a uh, restraint against government.
2: Exactly. I mean, really, um, you know, if you look back at the Federalist Papers, which are, you know, those documents, 85 essays that were written, um, as kind of, um, the explanation behind the meaning of the constitution, you know, in order to get the people of the time to promote it and sign it, um, you know, when you look back at those, that tells you exactly what those founding fathers were thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So there is really no question on that. You, you just look back and you see what they had to say. And I mean, definitely it's rooted in, um, in our Judeo-Christian principles. Um, I, I, you know,
1: I, I, I got to ask you, do you ever recall mm-hmm. in your time in school at any point of them bringing up the Federalist Papers?
2: I don't. No,
0: never. I never. Or the anti-federalists, never. for that matter. And and I can see the anti-federalists' their point of view as well. Sorry, we got our guard dog in here with us tonight, <laughs> little Yorkie. Um, <laughs> um, but they they were worried about what's happened right now. That federal government would grow so big, and that was their worry. Mm-hmm. So I think you know to be well versed, you need to have both. I got both of the books, which again, it's it's not easy reading. It's kind of like the Bible. You got to kind of right. like reread it and reread it and reread it to get you know mm-hmm. the good sense of what's going on, just because you know times have changed and languages have changed. Um,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. So I,
0: I mean I get it because the federal government and even state and local governments have gotten so out of control. Um, in greed. Yep. You know <laughs> it's it's it's, in and, and uh, we 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 were at the. Uh, uh, well, game dinner in Morency. I got to meet you personally. So that was awesome. Um, yeah, that wasn't planned. It just happened. And I was like, Oh, that
2: was, I know we're from Facebook.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was a fun night. Yeah. That was a, interesting yeah, it was night.
2: fun. Yep. Yeah. Just good old, really just great people,
0: good old people. They're just having a good time. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it, it's just, I think, you know, local, we need to start to retake to get back to where we should be. We need to, more focused on local government than Mm -hmm. federal. Everybody's so focused on what the president president's doing in our senator, you know, at the, at the federal level, you know,
1: well, change, change Mm -hmm. begins locally.
0: Yes. Yep. Well, you can see it happening with, um, school board, Mm -hmm. you know, right with with the, the CRT, um, and all that kind of stuff. Where parents are like the mass mandates and everything else with all everything else. And I think it's a great thing. It's just, you know, like I said, we're, we're, I think a lot of us have been sleeping. I don't have any children, but I just I don't I wouldn't want to be taught. Or if I had children, I want my children to be taught that just because they're white, they're evil, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're seeing the I don't emergence of some of the patriotism. I guess I don't know what the word I am looking for, mm-hmm. but
2: Are they so I think so grassroots, sure. Yeah.
1: yeah, well, I think the biggest thing was is that um, they didn't really expect um, they, they 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 poked the mama bear with the uh, mass mandates and things like mm-hmm. that. And then once once the parents started uh, starting to get a little bit more involved and in finding out what their kids were being taught, is that then they realized the CRT thing and then uh, the, the Project 1619, 1619. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And we're like, it's just teaching our kids straight-up racism is what they're teaching them. And where when I grew up, I never really saw color or even considered anything, you know, I I live in a very small town where we don't have, you know, very many people uh, of different, you know, cultures in my area. But I I did grow up in a migrant town where we had, uh, you know, canning factories and stuff that are now since closed down. But every summer we'd have, you know, and we still do have, you know, people that come, migrants come and, you know, pick the fields and things like that. But Uh, You know, some of those people did stay behind here and and liked our community Mm -hmm. and stayed. And I grew up with those families that had stayed, you know, Mm -hmm. back from the 60s, 70s and 80s. And I grew up with their kids and they were my friends and I didn't care that they were brown. This wasn't a thing to me. Mm -mm. And and Mm -hmm. I, I didn't see it becoming a thing until, you know, roughly around, you know, 2004, 2008 is when it really, you know, became an issue and I didn't really understand why, because we had a president at that time that was proclaimed to be the great bringing together, uh, of, of the racial, you know, divides. And it, it, it kind of went the opposite direction. And then they, 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 they just took that ball and they ran with it. And it's just, it's never stopped since that time. And I just, mm-hmm. it, it makes me angry because I didn't live through that. And, um, it, it makes me mad that my kids are being thrown into that when it doesn't need to be. And now I have to I, fight something that I was never subjected to, which was racism. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it just, it's mind blowing that that's where we went back to, you know, it's one of those things I always told my kids is like, listen, you don't, you don't look at people's color. You, you got to think that when you, when they're cut, they bleed the same color blood as you. Uh their you know, their anatomy is just the same as yours. I mean there there's no difference. Just because their color of their skin is different does not make them any lesser or more of a person than you. You look at them as an equal because they are an equal because they're a part of one race, the human race. And apparently that's racist now, but I, I and I don't get that, but it it's just it's mind boggling, I guess. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's
1: the thing What I'm battling, you know, in our schools, uh, being in a town we live in, we don't have that much of a problem, but we do have a couple teachers in our, in our faculty that, that seem to think that there's a huge problem with that here. And when there isn't, and, um, it just, it just blows my mind. Cause I mean, we had a, a stir up last year, uh, with a teacher that, uh, Uh, She threw some stuff out there and with her views and it it got a lot of backlash and I'm glad it did, but she's still there at the school. So it didn't go as far as I think it should have. Right.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How did um, Julie, how did homeschooling um, and I told my wife if we weren't blessed with children, but if we were that um, I would work two jobs to make sure she could stay home and and raise our children. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have a really good positive uh, outcome What's your, your take on that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it truly was a blessing for our family. Um, I mean, my children were close together, but you know, what I loved about it. So it's not like none of my children ever went to school. So it was, it was a little bit of a, um, you know, it kind of came about a little at a time. So like my, my oldest daughter actually was in fifth grade and then I had a fourth grader and then I had a second and first grader. Um, and then I had a couple babies at home. And so, um, what I did then one year and the teachers all knew it actually I was, I was very active in the school. So I was on the school improvement committee. Um, I was in the school all the time doing birthday parties, you know, I knew all the teachers. Um, but you know, what I saw was that I, I really wanted to bring my kids home to teach them, um, you know, some, some Christian, um, um, tenants as well as you know i wanted them to learn a little bit of latin root so you know they said oh thanks mom that's coming handy <laughs> you know <laughs> right. so there were different things i wanted them to learn and i mean it was it was great that they could be helpful to other to other, other children in school but you know some of them already knew how to read so now they're kind of you know waiting for everybody else to catch up and at home they could move at their own pace um so actually um it did turn out good i mean like so if you want to that you know the end is that um You know, my children have all grown up to be, um, you know, respectable members of the community. One of them is a broker. Um, One of them is a stay-at-home mom who also taught nursery school. Um, One of them is a nurse. Um, I have one with a bachelor's degree that works in um, uh, 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 supply chain, supply chain. Um, and then I also, my son, um, was in the military. So, um, him and his wife really, um, both still work in the guard. And then, um, my youngest actually has a master's degree in accounting. Um, so it worked out pretty good. Yeah. Everybody was able to get the education that they needed, you know, to do what they had to do. And so the only one that actually never went to school actually was my youngest who, uh, went to school to be a master. Had a master's degree in accounting. So she's the only one that never stepped foot into school <laughs> until mm-hmm. she went to college. Oh,
1: nice. So. She's the one with the master's degree. She's <laughs> the
2: one with the master's degree. Yeah. Well, you hear stories I mean, not that, I that, I wanna, that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say bad things about any of my other children as well, but. You know, I mean, yeah. for sure, they've all accomplished great things. So, uh, but it is kind of funny that, that she's the one who never went to school, so.
0: Well, they always said, you know, yeah. it seems like homeschooled children, um, and everybody's worried about their social, you know,
2: um, right. that's where I'm yeah. at, you at, know, to be like socially. I mean, our joke was, you have to stay home to homeschool. <laughs> right, so, right. I mean, we were out in the community all the time. We were in the nursing homes. Um visiting with patients we uh, we used to take our animals to um, to the schools and um, do you know pet petting zoo day and um they were huge four h um, participants. um in fact we we were the Tipton four h club, so the Tipton jets four h club back in the day. so do
1: you guys have any um, experience yeah. with like uh, homeschool co-ops or anything like that?
2: Absolutely. I mean, we do have the even we do have and we did have at that time a local, uh, co-op group as well so um so we did some co-teaching with them and um did some co-teaching with other families and friends as well so well so
0: yeah during, during the pandemic people are telling these pods
2: um or mm-hmm. families are getting together
0: and mm-hmm. i think that that's brilliant you know where people yeah. maybe can't get off work all the time but they can take a day here or there um and i right. think and i think a lot of this stuff's coming um because people parents were watching their children on their, you know, Zoom meetings or you know, classroom teachings or whatever, um, and seeing what they're actually being taught. And they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And then Well, they
1: realize it was yeah. a joke. I mean really well
0: yeah. well and then some of the stuff that they yeah. were teaching as well. Well and um, the thing is too right. is that
1: a lot of these teachers they didn't do Zoom before or didn't do that kind of a virtual classroom as they call it. So I think Absolutely. I mean, I we think have they, to give they, them that. Yeah, and they well and they yeah. I, I, and I think they f- didn't know how to react to that because they're obviously used to face-to-face and when you had students they're like oh i'm just at home you know they're not used to being at home and learning in that setting mm-hmm. to where they lost like you know the student will lose interest in the class or whatever yet they may stay on it but i mean my kids you know told me stories of you know kids playing games and stuff video games on their you know on their uh history class or well or, yeah whatever or, yeah. and even as so far uh, my high school son he he said that there was uh, one kid that put a green screen up and had just like a a um like a b-roll of himself sitting there in front of the computer <laughs> while he's off off the side <laughs> playing video games wow. i mean that's how I was, like and that's high school kids yeah, which which high school they're, kids i mean they're they're good with technology i'll yeah, give them that yeah. and can do
0: that stuff i wouldn't know how to do it but uh no. Yeah, and, and it's hard, it's <laughs> got to be hard for the older teachers, you know, especially yeah, getting closer sure. retirement. At yeah, technology. They're like, I can type on a keyboard, but I don't know how to run all this other stuff. Right, you you're, know. you're a
2: teacher first. Right. Yeah, yep. yep. yep.
0: And a lot of you know, yep. I I'm friends with uh, a lot of my teachers from high school. I'm from Deerfield, so very small community. Um, and you know, they want to be in the classrooms. You know, mm-hmm. that's where they mm-hmm. that's where you get the most impact. And mm-hmm. and because they, they truly want to, you know, in, have an impact on the, their children's life. They call them their, their right. children, you know, and mm-hmm. that's something, Absolutely. you know. So I guess we get lost mm-hmm. in the weeds out here because we are in a small community where we're a tight knit community. And um, big cities is a, is a completely different story, you know. So,
2: sure,
1: sure. So. I think in the big cities, the kids are more likely to get lost in the weeds than it is in small well, I mean, cities. Well, really, yeah. and
2: that's where the statistics are so bad. I mean, you know, when you look at uh, Michigan statistics, part of that is that some of the bigger cities, um, you know, just have so much lower competency scores. Um, and so that also, you know, brings down kind of the overall Michigan score as well, you know, when you look at how Michigan competes in the United States.
0: Yeah. What well, I meant by that was that the fact that we live in a community where we don't see the, you know, all the.
1: We're kind of isolated from. We're that. isolated, yeah. Yeah, from, well, right. we don't really pay attention to what's what going on in the big cities other than us here in the But interesting, here, though, you yeah.
2: said, you know, hey, we're in Blissfield and, and we saw some things going on here that we weren't happy about. So, you know, that tells you as well. You do yeah. You do need to kind of keep track of what's going on. It's important right. not to just let that all go on. Yep. Um, and th- not, not be watching.
1: I think, too, a problem up in like the c- cities and stuff like that is that parents kind of look as schools as being more of a babysitter than an educational mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And they don't really necessarily pay as much attention as people do in smaller communities because it seems to me. Um obviously you have like the Loudoun County thing in, in, in Virginia and stuff like that 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 you know, they made Loudoun County has one of the biggest school districts in their state. However, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's where the most of the uprising was coming out of that that kind of inspired other communities that like, okay, we need to start looking at at what's going on at our schools, not only with the mass mandates, the 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 crappy quarantine stuff that they were, you know, pushing on our kids, because that's one thing that here in Blissville, you know, we had a lawsuit. Against um, the health department, our superintendent and all that stuff that that uh, our group of uh, parents had filed um, basically to get the school to back down from following these these messed up guidelines that, that, that the health department was handing down that was, you know, kind of not really going with what was going on in our community. That was more or less being handed down from the state and the lady was just, you know, was just going right on along like it was like there was no other statistics out there other than what was being handed down from Lansing. You know, you got your own county numbers, you know what's going on, but yet you're going to have all these really strict draconian rules on what our kids can and can't do. Wearing face masks, quarantining for 14 days when they were possibly maybe could have been around a kid that may have possibly tested positive with this fake, you know, with these fake tests that are out there. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not big on the the CDC science that they have there because it's all been pretty much, you know, debunked at this point. But um, it it just came to a point where parents were just like, we're done with it. We're not going to quarantine our kids because they could have possibly been exposed to something That, you know, you can't prove, I'm not going to take my kid out of school because it came down to a point where our kids were, um, they weren't offered any kind of virtual learning or anything like that while they were quarantined and things Mm -hmm. like that. So they were losing opportunity for education Mm -hmm. there and that became really frustrating to us. So that's why the lawsuit was filed is that, you know, it just, it had to stop, you know, and, Mm -hmm. you know, once they, you know, figured out what they needed to do uh, to get them to stop, they stopped. You
0: know
2: mm-hmm.
0: well what's your take Julie on um the whole mandates um what's going on I know the CDC come out and that they you know took a lot of restrictions off um well I I when this all started we were all we had no idea what's going on and I get that um it's just to do a blanket mandate across the whole state you know I I don't know what I don't want to get your thoughts on that especially from your your profession you know
2: well right and so so first off you know when it came out of course like virus you know you're you're not stopping a virus you know right I think that first two weeks was where are we and what are we going to do next you know (laughs) right um but uh but yeah over time I think what we've seen I, I you know I think some of the things that have come out from this is how far away we've gotten from our original founding fathers' ideas of um, the fact that our Bill of Rights is really supposed to reign in government. And now what we see actually is that um, it's not actually our government telling us what to do, it's the bureaucracies that have been made up by the government, all these agencies that they've appointed that are now telling us that we have to do this, that, or something else. so, you know, I was part of that, um, part of the uh, group that took out petitions, you know, to, to stop the uh, mandates that Governor Whitmer was using, those, uh, 19, that 1949 law. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, sure enough, you know, as soon as that got drawn back, well, you know, then she
1: didn't use loophole. that anymore
2: because, yeah, because she could just go ahead and use, you know, the health department. And kind of like you said as well, you know, we see our local numbers. And so that's where I think the whole idea by the founding fathers was that, you know, the, um, the power has to be to going back to the people. So you want to look at what's going on around you and let the people in the district manage what's going on for themselves. Um, put that power back in their hands rather than, you know, like, like Governor Whitmer having, you know, a law that we're all going to do this or we're all going to do that. Um, which might make sense in one area and not make sense in another area or maybe have more support in one area than you would have in a different area. Um, Because we all do have the, you know, we have to have respect for everyone to have their own feelings or beliefs about what's going on. You know, and definitely there's a lot of people that really did need to protect themselves from this virus. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've lost family members to coronavirus. Right. Um, So I think everyone has to, to To come up with that on their own, you know, what is your, what is their risk, what is their feelings behind, what kind of risk they're going to put themselves or their family members in as
0: well, you know. Well, and yeah, you know, we go back to personal responsibility as well. And and exactly. once the more we learn, and I think the government tends to believe that most Americans are are too dumb to to research themselves, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Especially we live in in this digital world that we live in. You know, you can go online. Um, you, well, Google, I wouldn't go so much for, cause they suppress a lot of information, but, um, I think, and that, and that's the beauty of federalism is the fact that, um, it should be made locally because the mm-hmm. local leaders know the best for their, commu- well, they're supposed to know the best, but they're easiest to elect right. out, um, and, and make decisions for local communities. Cause what, right. the, what the president, like yes, taking
2: care of themselves or Onset taking care of themselves. Right. In
0: mm-hmm. Blissfield or Deerfield or, you know, any other small community throughout your district, you hope to represent, you know, mm-hmm. it should, it should be a, a local decision. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and I mean, I guess World War three broke out. Yeah. I could see the federal government stepping in for that. Um, cause that's mm-hmm. a national huge, you know, whatever going on, but
1: for, but their only role is defense. I know. Right. <laughs> right. So and as, remember w- that what?
2: those had limits.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely like they, they
2: can't continue to do that because you mm-hmm. know, those limits, there's limits, you know, set by the house and the Senate. And, um, so that's where the problem came on is, Hey, now they think they don't have any of these limits.
1: Oh yeah. They threw them right out the window.
0: Yeah. Well, there's mm-hmm. supposed to be a separation of powers, and that, that's
1: Well, Well, we're, we're, we're in a pandemic. We can do what we what we need to do mm-hmm. to protect, you know, everybody. It's like, well, no, you really can't no. because you have no constitutional mm-hmm. mandate to do that. Uh, it, the Constitution is pretty plain, you well, can't and what you kind of can't do and you've overreached it.
2: Right. What protected some people really didn't protect other people. Mm-hmm. So let's look at mental health statistics. Let's. Mm-hmm. You know, let's look at those people who um, maybe did have difficulty, um, you know, affording this or that. Or, hey, how about all those grandparents that then had to watch their grandchildren who now then were exposed to COVID? So they were trying to be careful, but see, now it's it's grandpa daycare, and they have sick kids at home, and grandma and grandpa are sick now, too.
1: I'm still waiting on answers from the nursing homes.
2: Exactly, yeah. you know yeah. things like that that they're
1: covering up over, you know.
0: Charlie Leduff from uh, from Dead Detroit, on Detroit. Yep. he's he's really diving into, it. and he voted for Whitmer, yeah. you know. He so,
1: he yeah. dove in and he exposed a lot of stuff. Him and the uh, I think it was the Mackinac uh, Institute, yes, uh, mm-hmm. filed yep. suit for you know FOIAs and stuff like that on information, and I mean I haven't heard anything from it lately, so I'm guessing it just went by the wayside. And- um,
0: there was a new he had a new Laduff had a new uh, report on. Uh, his his website today Did he? that they found more that were hidden but oh. also the fact of that they didn't report covid deaths as covid deaths no well, we, we knew home. that we knew that but then on the flip side they're they're giving covid deaths to people that died
1: they're putting they're putting it where they needed to have it
0: yes well, they, they, just because they, but they went to the hospital because they broke an arm or not that's mm-hmm. kind of minuscule, but you know what I'm saying? They went for pneumonia or whatever, and they died with COVID, but not from COVID, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So those numbers are completely skewed.
1: But even, okay. even though, I mean, and I know you got a medical background and working in that industry, but uh, the testing that, that, that they have is, I mean, it's it, the PCR test, uh, it's, the inventor of it, Dr. Kerry Mollis, he even said himself, it's not a diagnostic tool. It's a tool to look at at you know minuscule particles in the body to determine what's in the body and things like that. It's not a tool for diagnosing things. And you know, obviously, he, you know, he passed away in 2019 under you know circumstances we don't know. But uh, just just from going from that past history, that you know, this stuff is you know. He said that he created the test. He understands how the tests work. And he said, this is not a diagnosis tool, but yet we used it as a diagnosis tool. We had it spun up to where it was cycling anywhere between, you know, 35 to 40 cycles from the beginning of the pandemic. And then. Then, as things started to wind down, they started lowering that cycling, and, and and the tests started coming down. The numbers started coming down, and they started with the home tests. And then there was all kinds of recalls on home tests. Or I just seen that there was a FDA warning out now on a bunch of home tests that have these chemicals in there that can are, that are carcinogenic and everything else. Yeah. So why why is anybody even still taking these tests or even using these tests as any kind of form of you know in, you know informative means of diagnostics when Again and again and again, they're proving to be false or creating a false positive and just basically uh, just keeping this thing rolling just to have something rolling. You know, obviously, they've moved on to something else. I mean, we've seen what's been going on in the news the last couple of weeks now that the narrative is starting to break apart. Right. So, I mean, that's. The, I mean, how much can you really trust what government is telling you? You really can't anymore because all they've done is lied to us time and time again, manipulated things time and time again. You know, the media is right there with them, just, just storming up chaos and fear, and this, you know, and just controlling people's minds based off of that rather than people just taking a step back and saying, you know what, this isn't all scary that, you know, yeah, there are, you know, there is something going around. People are getting sick from it there are means of being able to mitigate the, the, the disease that's there uh, and anything that they've, you know, doctors have come out and said, Hey, you know, Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, you know, different things like that that have been proven to work that, you know, our supposed, you know, uh, uh, trusted officials have said, no, 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 you can't do that. But yet you have thousands of doctors saying, yeah, you can, it's working just you know, I don't know. A little bit. Well, of that's rant. another place that our right, government
2: yeah. doesn't belong. You know, yeah. Our government does not belong making those kinds of decisions. Those are decisions oh. that doctors are supposed to make. They're not supposed to be made by insurance companies. They're not gonna. They're not supposed to be made by politicians. They're supposed to be made by healthcare. And I mean, what I tell my patients all the time is that we look for studies. You know, Mm -hmm. so you like to hope that when they do a study, they're actually doing it, you know, their their criteria, exactly, mm -hmm. you know, so that you're actually coming out with information that really does reflect what it is you're trying to prove. Um, And that's how we drive and move those things forward. Yep, absolutely. So it's been pretty sad.
0: Isn't that the scientific method is to always question science? Mm-hmm. I mean, part Absolutely. of it. I mean, but once they say science settled, it's like, well, yeah. that's not science. Yeah. When then. you got a
1: guy on TV saying that I am science, then right. what do you, what do you, what is science then? Is <laughs> right. it, is it a, just a joke now? I know. Is it a religion? I mean, what, what are you saying when you are proclaiming yourself to be science and the questioning you was questioning science. Mm-hmm. That's, that's insanity. I right. mean, there's pure insanity.
0: And I think, I think a lot of people are waking up to this fact. You know, like I said, there's a, been a lot of sleeping people, and they're starting to wake up to see the the reality of how 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 misinformation or malinformation we talked about on the last show, um, mm-hmm. which is a new thing, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but people believe this stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. I think now we're getting to a point where we were like, wait a minute, this this isn't making sense, and and mm-hmm. hopefully more and more wake up because I mean, even on both sides, you know. Um, obviously we are on the, um, uh, right side of, I always say, whatever, why, why is it called right wings? Cause we're right. <laughs> so um, not about everything, not but... everything, but you know, we, we tend to be right on, on most things. Um, but you know, even like my mom's, um, um, I guess she'd be called a Reagan Democrat, you know, like mm-hmm. the old school Democrats that were actually, um, could think for themselves and, <laughs> and, um, I'm not gonna get you in trouble here, Julie, but you know, uh, mm-hmm. this is. Well, just, she, but she, she's just a good woman. She, you know, maybe a little social like di- differences than I think, but you know, she believes in, loves the United States, believes this country mm-hmm. is the best thing in the mm-hmm. world, and um, physically conservative, all that good stuff. And she, yeah, well, she's that's like, the difference. Yeah, and she's fair like,
2: between then and now.
0: She's like, I don't know what's going on with the Democrat. They're
1: communists mm-hmm. now. She's like, the, now, she's I like they that's left how you me. can
0: well, you see a lot of Democrats switching yeah. to the Republican Party, yeah. you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So,
1: And I think that's where you're going to get into voter, voter integrity here in 2022. Is
0: Yeah. That's gonna well, let's hold your, hold your thought on that. Julie, do you want to stay for another half hour? We're going to take a quick break, or do you got to go? Sure. Okay. I well, we'll know, uh, I'm good. Okay. We'll take a quick break, okay. and uh, we'll be right back. Black Cash Okay.
1: Show. Hey, guys. It's Shane from Black Cash Podcast. If you know me or any of the boys from the crew, you know we love our food. One of our favorite stops is Shelly's Subs and More. It's at 410 East US 223 in Blissfield, Michigan. They specialize in that fresh homemade food from subs, pizzas, salads, soups, and even party trays. You can even get a potluck sized super salad for your large or small gathering. Call Shelly today at 517 682 1003 and discuss the possibilities. Again, that's Shelly's Subs. Black Cash out.
0: Welcome back to Black Cash Podcast. We are still here with Julie Moore. She's running for the House District 34 for the state of Michigan for our, our state listeners. Um, glad to have you back, Julie.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: We were uh, we kind of went all over the board the first segment, which is fun. Um,
2: mm-hmm. We like
0: to do that, and I don't want to stay on one topic for too long, but um, we want everybody to get to know you um, and who they potentially could be voting for if they're in our district. Um we kind of touched base last segment about uh i guess the economic i don't what do you want to call it downfall um i think crisis. We, co- we covered a lot i know a
1: lot lot kind of went all over the place so maybe this yeah. uh this one here will be a little bit more targeted on this next uh, half hour or so um mm-hmm. so let's uh let's let's kind of dive into the economic thing of things um obviously we're all seeing um what's going on uh, we've pretty much spent ourselves into a black hole that um, I personally don't see us being able to get out of in any any way. Um, I don't know how much um, well versed you are in um, what they're trying to do far as their next um, basically currency reset uh, is basically what they're starting to talk about. Um, you hear it in the um, I I I follow quite a bit of different. You know, economic podcasts and things like that, and people that know a heck of a lot more than I do. Um, but they are trying to roll out a digital currency, um, whether it's going to be a Fed coin or whatever. Um, we've, you know, I've I've heard rumblings from uh, the World Economic Forum. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Um, that that's is the intention, and that they're going to do away with the U.S. dollar, um, basically, mm-hmm. and put everybody into a world digital currency. Um, Me personally, I don't foresee that being a good route for anybody, Um, especially anything digital. I'm more of a sound money type of person. I don't even really like our fiat currency we have now based off of the petrol dollar. I think that's a fraud in itself. Um, I, for one, you know, obviously constitutionally, um, the Federal Reserve is unconstitutional. Uh, It's pretty laid out pretty clearly um, in the constitution that the U S treasury is the one that's supposed to coin and mint money. money. Um, And that's not Mm -hmm. happening. hasn't happened since 1913. Um, And I don't really think a lot of people understand what the federal reserve is and that it's not anything federal. It's a private bank that issues our, our currency has put us in the debt that we're in and our government is basically borrows money from them and puts us up as collateral. So with that being said, What's the solution that you see in your mind?
2: You know, that's just a hard one to, to even grasp how to get out of um, because, you know, of course, you're talking federal level here. So I'm thinking, of course, that kind of more my picture is, you know, the state level. Um, and no matter how you look at it, with the kind of money our government is spending, um, it's not their money. And we know who's going to have to pay for it down the road. Um, So I think that no matter how you look at it, um, with the kind of spending that we have going on, and really we haven't even seen, you know, we haven't even seen what COVID actually did yet. You know what I mean? Like the the dominoes are still falling. Right. With the kind of money that they spent, um, you know, the kind of money that they gave back to people with what people did with their money. Um, So, I it think it's going to be. It appears to me that everything's overinflated, you know. So
0: it's going to get ugly. Um, yeah, obviously, inflation hasn't even peaked yet.
2: Um, not mm-hmm. even close.
0: If 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 we took the how they actually recorded inflation back in the eighties, we'd be we'd be at that fifteen percent. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, they took a lot of uh, matrix out of it. You know, your daily, you know, your food, gas, mm-hmm. all that stuff. How how they they calculate all that stuff. Um, well, not to mention that, and Jake and I were having a conversation before we started this podcast. Is the um, state of Michigan has a surplus of COVID relief funds that mm-hmm. uh, Governor Whitmer wants to put into the roads? And it's like, okay.
1: <sighs> wasn't that the basis of her whole election? Is fix right. them damn roads? Yeah, that's yep. what she said. I, I just, <clears throat> it blows my mind that nothing has been done during her whole administration. Yeah, she got thrown COVID, but it, Right from the get go, you know, with the reform on the car insurance thing, uh that that money was supposed to or the savings that the state was supposed to create out of that was supposed to do something with that. Or I don't they they just ran so many different things and at us. I mean, obviously, um previous governor, uh what the hell was his name? Um
2: Snyder. Yeah, Snyder.
1: Yeah. Snyder uh raising gas tax and then also the um the uh the uh, registration fees and stuff like that, disposably fixed roads, none of the money ever makes it there. Right. Um, and, 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 you know, as a possible elected official, I mean, are you, are you going to hold our government, state government accountable for these funds that they proclaim that they're going to, they're raising tax on this, that, and the other thing, you know, the, at the lotto, was supposed to pay for roads and schools, but never really made it to either of those places mm-hmm. or, you know, just just different little schemes that they do that this money just magically disappears and never anything gets done with it, other than just more welfare and more little pet projects around the state that really doesn't make sense for anybody and doesn't benefit but only a few. Uh, you know, I, I guess I, I guess I'm looking for a candidate that's going to hold our, our our state government accountable to the money that they they tax us on, and that we that I know that we are going to actually see the benefits from, you know, I I guess that's where I, you know, that's where I go with things.
0: Well, I wish we could, for transparency reasons, let's open the books. We should have a website that shows the spending Mm -hmm. of our tax dollars.
1: But how honest is that going to mm-hmm. be? I
0: know, well, because who's running it is the bureaucrats behind the yeah. scenes that aren't elected. Yeah, well, just like back you said, just thing. like you
1: said, the inflation. You know, if you compare it to, you know, we're not to the fifteen percent. I think we're beyond the fifteen percent. So too, yes. I think we're in some areas. We're we're twenty 30 percent. I mean, yeah. food costs, yes. fuel costs. Yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff that's way beyond yeah. seven like yeah. The gas.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, goodness! It was two years ago. We were at a dollar eighty nine. Now we're at freaking.
2: You Almost four hours. bucks. Yeah,
0: I just yeah yeah. And every and, and I I agree with uh, term limits for politicians, but how do we term limit out the bureaucrats behind the scenes that are actually pushing all this nonsense? You know, how do we do that? I don't I don't know because it's it's not an elected position, but they're they're the ones that are writing out. From what I understand, they're the ones that are writing actually writing these bills, and then the politicians are just signing them. Pretty much. I mean, I don't, what do you, what's your thoughts on that, Julie? If you, it's kind
2: of like an onion, right? It's, yeah. So, so yeah, how peel, do you peel, peel back, back knowing, you know, who is behind what, behind what? I mean, all in all, there is supposed to be a budget. And I mean, for the most part, I, I believe that this kind of more of Senate realm in Michigan is, um, you know, that budget and kind of what's going on behind that. But, you know, as a Republican, you know, I really do believe in being fiscally responsible You know, so when you talk about the roads, for instance, my understanding from what I heard was that there were some plans that were going to start fixing the roads. You know, it would have been nice is when the roads had been originally made, if there was a plan to continue to have the roads upgraded as they needed to be or have that money put away somewhere. Um, But anyway, kind of, you know, taking from one pot to pay something else, I suppose. Well,
1: Uh, when it comes to one thing I want to say about when it comes to roads, because I I I actually did a little bit of research some several years back about the roads and materials that are using for roads, and basically they they're intentionally using inferior materials to build these roads. Um, That there's there's a lot better systems out there that you can use. that, uh, that, that lasts a lot longer, hold up a lot better, but in order to keep the machine going for uh, let's say, you know, private contracting companies that uh, get state contracts, that you know, you, you got the um, uh, let's, let's say this, the corruption and kickbacks that happen within the government on both parties, that you know, I'm going to give my buddy this contract here to, to rebuild this road, but he's going to use this material so he has to come back in 10 years and repair this road again, um, and then and, and, you know, in that, you know, in that time period, the road, you know, starts to, you know, fall apart and people are like, fix these damn roads. Right. And so is this a not, it's always a continuing cycle to where there are, there's are, you know, there, there's technologies out there. You got University of Michigan uh, had one uh, about, I want to say about seven years ago, they came out with material and it was. The, the stuff was super strong. It, it was, I can't remember the name of the material offhand, but it, it was a product that would have been uh, very beneficial to the roads in Michigan, um, especially with our climate and everything with the, uh, with the salt and the snow and everything else. And then, uh, you know, the thawing and freezing and the expanding contraction of those materials that it held up against that stuff really well. And uh, you know, it got released in a science paper and that's as far as it went. Did it ever get put into actual use? No, because it doesn't, it's not making a continual uh, economic gain, I guess, but really uh, do we really need to constantly, I mean, okay, so you you build something and then you move on from that rather than building something inferior and that way it keeps your job security. No, how about you just diversify your company to be able to do more than just put down pavement and, you know,
0: Well, we can do an an analogy for you, Julie, with your, your medical background, you know, the, the money Mm -hmm. isn't in the cure, the money's in the treatment. So it's the same thing. Exactly. It's the same thing. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just, and, and what's inferior a lot of, with our roads in Michigan is, is the base that -hmm. goes down underneath the pavement, you know, and we, Mm -hmm. they just barely put anything down and there's, you know, I mean, of course it's going to fail, but I mean, look Mm -hmm. at Ohio, Ohio roads are way better than ours. Mm-hmm. They barely have any gravel roads. All w- Out here where mm-hmm. we live, it's all gravel roads. I've and actually those are better than the paved roads most of the time. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, it's, it's a coin toss, really, sometimes. I know. Well, yeah, it don't matter, you know. It's, it's just, yeah. it, I mean, like you said, it, it's more of a Senate thing, and I know you're on for Senate. Okay. Um, but- I don't know. I guess it's the corruption of government. Well, the government. budget per se. Right.
2: It is. And, and so transparency really is key. And so, uh, you know, Brana was talking last night at, you know, at the meeting about transparency and kind of how they're working at trying to do that. You know, for the good or for the bad, things in politics often uh, move slowly, right? So sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. Yep. Um But so if we if we are those people, right, that are finally saying, OK, yeah, now we're paying attention, you got our attention. Um, you know, we need to sustain that, you know, by by going and voting, by going and to the meetings and hearing what's going on, you know, at the local level, um, you know, voting, making sure you know what you're voting for when you vote for something. Um, you know, those are all the parts that we can play. Um, to start doing that, to start peeling that onion and getting that transparency shown. And I mean, I like to think, which is exactly why you want to know who you're voting for as well, is that, you know, whoever you're voting for, where do they stand on that? And um, so I think that's huge. I think that's huge to, to be transparent about about who's coming up with the rules and who's spending the money and how they're spending it. And, you know, generally as a Republican, I'm going to say, look, we need to make sure that we're um, you know, saving money to do the things that we need to do, spending the money where it needs to be spent and making sure we have a plan for down the road so that our children aren't going to be paying for um, all those things that we're throwing money out for right now. You know, so just being fiscally responsible generally.
0: Right. And and I think generally too is, you know, we get these, we pay people do these studies a lot of money and what needs mm-hmm. to be done. And then the studies are like, okay, here's your study. This is what you need to do. And we don't do it, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, and and... And that's
2: where I love to do this. Like, that's kind of what I love to do. Like, all right, if there's something that really needs to be changed, how can we do that? How can we find that way? How can we make this work? Right. You know, and that's what I really find intriguing about doing that kind of a job, you know, is is just finding ways to help people look, you know, there's a stumbling block in our way. How are we going to move that block and make this work for the better for our people for tomorrow?
0: Well, I think, And that line of thinking too is, is, you know, we're paying consulting firms that all they do is Mm -hmm. get paid millions and millions of government dollars to consult just to give you a Mm -hmm. report, but then Mm -hmm. nothing gets done. But how about we go out and talk to the people that know how to make it work, the working Mm -hmm. class people that say, if we just did it this way, these roads would last Mm -hmm. 20 years and not seven, you know, and we're Mm -hmm. not ripping up 13 miles of I-94 every seven years. You know, Right. You know, like... Which
2: is what I love about small business as well, you know, like so thinking that that we should be able to solve those problems like we're Americans, we mm-hmm. have ingenuity, we see when there's a problem or see when something needs to be done and we fix it, you know, so whether you're talking about roads or you're talking about, gee, there's not enough child care or this or that that we need, you know, I think as Americans, you know, we're in there to do those kinds of things. Um So yeah, that's what I'd love to see us do. That's why I'm big on you know small business, Um, getting people to solve their own problems.
0: Yeah, I just wonder if I mean, as as far as you know, roads. I guess we or I guess everything economically. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think everything Mm -hmm. should be county based. You know, state state for if you got a state route, sure, okay, we got to pay our taxes on that, but. It's it's mm-hmm. kind of disheartening when you drive down a state road and it's worse than a side little country road out here in Lenawee County, you know. Mm-hmm. And say, like, mm-hmm. how how come we can do it here in this little county, and when you got right. almost what eleven million people, in I think in Michigan, right, or is it ten? I, I forget. I think it's the census yeah, changed. I, right. I think it's around ten now. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, we maybe the less now.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> it's just state roads are horrible, you know. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just. To have confidence in the government is dwindling, I'd say, to say the least.
2: Right. You know, another reason we need to stay involved.
0: Yep. And and it's on us too, as voters. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, we can't we can't it just blame really. the politicians. Right. So with with, right. with
1: moving on to that, to, to the to the voters, um, obviously, you know, a lot of times when we vote, we don't feel like our voice is being heard, or um or that our vote is even being counted accurately, or uh, our elections don't even have any integrity? Obviously, you know, I don't. And I don't know, and, and not to say I don't care, but I, you know, I I don't want to, you know, put anything on you. Is that you know, me personally, I don't think 2020 was the most um, uh, secure and fair election we've ever seen in in U.S. history. Um, when a uh, uh, a guy that gets elected supposedly by 81 million votes higher than you know the first black president uh when you have uh a, a incumbent uh president that uh receives uh, uh 10 million more votes than the previous uh incumbent uh, uh president had received in his uh reelection um i it just the numbers don't add up it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. i i i've seen enough to where uh the swing states um i i've filed elections for years and i've never seen mm-hmm under On any circumstances, a vote count stop at ten o'clock then resume in the middle of the night to see the other candidate jump ahead by mm-hmm. you know by you know down by margins of anywhere between thirty thousand to in some cases two hundred thousand votes or two hundred and fifty thousand votes mm-hmm. and i i I'm sorry but uh our state was involved in that mm-hmm. and um I know that our Secretary of State, she, um, has a record of being associated with certain people to do certain things under certain circumstances. It has to do with them self-benefiting, uh, not only financially, but for their own sakes. I'm not going to, you know, necessarily, you know, accuse. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm going to accuse. Yeah. (laughs) You know what, um... These people are corrupt. Um, they're being corrupted by money. And I watched a uh, an election get stolen um, in our state. Um, Matt DePerno, I believe the lawyer's name was, pretty much proved that in Atrium County um, that the the vote the, the voting machines were affected uh, and they were connected to the internet and things happened. Um, fractional voting occurred. Um, one vote is one point. I mean, not one vote is 1.6 votes. It, it, and That's that's what they were able to uncover. You even had a judge that even agreed that something fishy is going on here, and somehow it got destroyed, shut down, and the case got dismissed by another judge. Um, it, there's this, and now it's all swept under the rug like nothing ever happened. Um, how, uh, how do you see that uh, voter integrity is going to be able to be um, upheld on 2022 uh, for yourself and for uh, possible governorships here in this next uh, this, on this election cycle here knowing what happened in 2020. I mean what, what what's the fix? what do you see
2: you know the outcome of this? Well, um, you do have to be watching there's a few petitions going on right now um, you know some of them um, potentially, leaving more room for that kind of questionable election integrity and, and others that are really trying to strengthen the, the um, voting laws. Uh, really, I firmly believe that there are voting laws in place, and um, I really thought that, um, you know, that uh, Secretary of State Benson had been called out on the way that she um, did that election. So my understanding would have been that or, or maybe it's my misunderstanding of, well, you know, gee, you know, if there was a law broken, why wasn't something changed? You know, what could have been done about that? Um, so I, I don't quite understand what's, what's going on behind the scenes. But I do know that, again, you know, so the citizens are, uh, you know, gathering up those petitions and getting signatures. And um, so hopefully that would be something that could as well go on the ballot, knowing that, of course, as well, um, you know, our governor did turn down any of the, the election integrity um, legislation that was, you know, brought up through the the um, House and the, and the um, Senate. So, of course, um, well, I mean, so she, of course, yeah.
0: Go ahead, no, go ahead, Julie.
2: Yeah, so I mean, so that was turned down. So, so again, here's that stumbling block, right? Here's that rock in the road. How are we going to get over that? Well, the people have come up with some petitions. And if we can get those circulated and signed, then those can become ballot initiatives that then when voted on um, could just become law. Um, Because I think it's a little bit of a misconception that, you know, so when we go vote, not all voter precincts are going to be acting the same. You might have some bad actors in one precinct. You might not have some bad actors in another precinct. So, So as a whole, we can't say that all of the precincts didn't do well we would say that probably there were some precincts that maybe there was some more going on that should have been going on and and so you know why that wasn't stopped, why we haven't looked at that i don't understand
1: did you ever follow uh, seth ketchel um he was an ex-military guy that went around statistically to county to county in each state um especially the swing states and even mm-hmm. here no. in lenaway county he uh, mm-hmm. put question into our own our own voting here in Loway County, which you know Loway County is a pretty conservative county here, um, mm-hmm. and I would never have thought that we would be under question, but he mm-hmm. put our numbers under question. Seth Keschel is the guy's name, really, um, and he mm-hmm. his statistical numbers. You look at it, and he called county by county which ones were off based off of number, you know, based off of population, um, based off mm-hmm. of past voting history, based off of you know a plethora of different uh, different things and uh he definitely shined some light on uh, not only in our county but uh you know Monroe County obviously Monroe County you never know with Monroe County because you got a lot of the down river people coming down there you don't know but um it it was just I mean he he called out the obvious counties Washtenaw, Wayne, Macomb, Oakland, all those places like that but um to, to hear him say Lenawee County, you guys ought to be questioning your elections. Cause something ain't adding yeah, up here, it just, blew, me. it just blew my mind. Yeah. Look up Seth Keschel, his wow. guy's name. He, mm-hmm. uh, he made his rounds there for quite a while. Um, he kind of sizzled out after Mike Lindell had his, uh, cyber symposium thing there. Um, after that, I don't, I, I really haven't heard much from him since, uh, since shortly after that time. Um, I just, maybe his movement just lost steam. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's just things like that concern me. Is that like even on a small county level? Because we're not, we don't have a huge population here. Um, that mm-hmm. that even that voting fraud can happen here. And so mm-hmm. when something like that happens here, you got to question who the people are behind it. Because if you if you've got you know mainly Republicans running the election in Lenawee County, well you know obviously with some Democrats are uh, you know obviously there. But how does something like that happen? I mean, what what kind of corruption Perfect. is going on? Because I sat there and watched, you know, the trial or the hearings that the state of Michigan were having that, you know, Trump's team was coming in, you know, trying to trying to make their case that you guys need to look at this stuff. You got to look at this stuff and to watch, mm-hmm. you know, watch the Republican chair sit there and just kind of blow it off like it's nothing. I and mean, what does mm-hmm. that what does that tell you as as a person running as a Republican what what's going on in our party here? I mean, I, I'm not saying right, our party because right. I'm 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 not a Republican. I'm a Libertarian. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be straight up front. I'm a Libertarian. Mm-hmm. I'm a constitutionalist. I, I a traditional constitutionalist, and. Honestly, I don't I don't really have a whole lot of faith in the Republican Party. At this point, why should I after them just, you know, cowtailing to to everything that Democrats want and do and say and bully around? They don't stand up for us. They just sit there and just kind of go along to get along, and this state has been Republican.
0: They're a road bump. Yeah. Republicans, are, have, have, as of recent, have been a road bump. They don't push their agenda out. They just, oh, Democrats, just stop what you're doing. You know,
1: mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't
0: know. It's I, it's discouraging as as voters. And, and you know, I I don't know. And, and I get it. I we feel got, your frustration. We, we it. Unfortunately, just,
1: we're in a two party system. And <clears throat> yeah, I understand that no matter what your views are, you got to be one or the other. You know, you can't mm-hmm. you can't go out there as a Green Party candidate and get anything. You can't go out there as a Libertarian Party and do anything. You can't go out there as a constitutional party and do anything. It's either Republican or Democrat or you're nobody. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's really frustrating because I've watched the Republican party and the Democrat party basically do the same thing and screw their same constituents over time and time again. And we have no other good choice to vote for than other than hope that we can trust the word of the candidate that we elected those positions to uphold something. And I guess I want to ask is, are you going to hold, if you're, you know, elected, are you, are you going to, Call out these politicians that just kind of turn the cheek and just kind of say, uh, move along from this situation type mm-hmm. deal. I mean, wh- what kind of ability are, are you willing to, you know, put yourself out there? And and I mean, and what, what, what 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 hell are you willing to die on? I guess,
2: right? Right. Well, I would I would really appreciate that. Gee, if you saw something that I was doing that you thought was questionable you know, that we could have that conversation. Um, you know, I really like to hope that, that you know, as we're moving forward in, um, you know, whatever kind of legislation that we're looking at, um, that it can be something that I'm t- just taking into consideration to go, look, does this follow constitutional guidelines? You know, are we creating more government or less government? You know, who does this really, pe-, Or I'm sorry, who does this really help? Um, you know, what people are, are uh, benefiting you know, what people aren't benefiting from this. What's the domino effect down the road? Um, you know, because sometimes something sounds really good and then you have to hear both sides of it before you know that really it's not. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of candidate I'm hoping to be. Um, you know, you never know what things are like until you get into a position. So um, I don't like to think that I'm somebody that's going to sell out the American people, that's for sure. Has um, so, Bron and so, so yeah. in
1: anything to where, like, yeah, this is this is a corrupt mess up here in Lansing uh, good luck <laughs> I mean
2: no I mean <laughs> no I mean really really that's it I mean she's just really working hard to you know to to work with with so it really anywhere you're going right you have people on with that have lots of different ideas and lots of different positions and so you're trying to just kind of figure out how to make things work for better you know what I mean and and kind of one of the things I've heard in, in a politician kind of classes if you will that I took is that sometimes you know you're just voting for the best thing out of a stinky bill you know like so what's the best thing that could kind of come out of this you know is it is it worth voting for it for this or not because you know sometimes they don't have not not everything in there is pertaining to one thing so it sounds like sometimes there's other parts to that bill Um, so yeah knowing what you're voting for and and is it is it going to be the best thing for people or really not
1: are you willing to sit on the uh, the Congress floor and argue to take out certain things out of a bill that doesn't make sense to have in that bill because it's just padding? Some uh, so, other some or, other Congress member on the other side of the states, uh, it's going to help their district out. And then if that's not in that bill, I'm not voting for it. I mean, are you willing to stand up and say, "Hey, listen, this isn't something that is worthy of spending taxpayer money on," you know, that that, that kind of stuff? You know, are are you gonna yeah be a fighter? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe
2: so. So, yeah, what I'm hoping for, right, is that, you know, if you go in with the right attitude and not make enemies out of everybody, but just go in there and tell them respectfully, hey, you know, I'm not in agreement with the way this goes. Um, This doesn't make sense. We need to go back to the drawing board and do something better than this for the people because that's what they deserve. Um, So that's the kind of politician I'm hoping to be. Obviously, I'm not a politician. I'm a nurse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. you know, hoping, like I said, that I can get in there and find those stumbling blocks and find ways to, you know, to move them and make things better.
0: Well, and I think that all that port barrel that gets put in bills, that have nothing to do with the bill itself. They, they sneak the stuff in that has yeah. nothing. Okay, we're, we're going to vote on um, education bill. But then there's something mm-hmm. stuck in somewhere down deep in the lines that uh, somewhere in... Uh, muskegon that their new bridge gets built it's like, well that has mm-hmm. nothing to do with education mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with that what, yeah. why is this even happening?
2: that's where that transparency is key you know and i think they're they're starting to work on that you know i'm hoping if i can get in there i can as well continue to work on that and get those things moving in that direction
1: I guess that's why I'm a podcaster, not a politician, because I'd go up there and burn that whole place down. I would be, I'd be everybody's worst enemy out yeah. there, calling them all out for all their crap and corruption. It's like, you guys can't do this. You guys got to stop. There's no money. There's nothing left. You've drained the people of everything they have.
0: And you want to take more from us. And
1: you want more. Yep. It's just, I, I can't, I can't do it. I mean, yeah. I just, that's, that's where I've, I've come to in my head is I can't, I, they can't take more from me because if I, if they do, it, it, it's going to be it. I mean, you're not going to get any more out of me. And every time they spend money on something that is not necessary for the situation we're in, it just seems like our, our not, not only at state government, but federal government, they, they don't, they're not, they know that we're in a bad situation and the only thing they can think of is to spend more money to get us out and it's not going to get us out because that's what got us into it in the first place is spending more money yeah. mm-hmm. and i don't think that unless unless you know people come in there and say listen we we have to stop spending people have to have their own right. personal accountability and start to self-govern themselves again that we are going to crash and burn so hard beyond any possible means that anybody can imagine it's how bad this is and i don't think really people our politicians really understand that's where we're at We we are this is mm-hmm. this is rome burning right now mm-hmm. that's what america mm-hmm. is it is rome burning right now and people don't understand the urgency of things anymore and they think everything is just gonna go back to normal if they take a shot in their arm or they just pay more taxes or they just vote this guy in or that guy in and just go along to get along we're past that it's yep. done yep.
0: Yep. No, it
1: is and it's down to the states There's a fiddle to decide what is too. best for the, our citizens to keep our state afloat. It's no longer about the the, the union of the states anymore it's done we, we we have to understand that we need to start looking out what's best for our state to to, to survive as a state itself because otherwise if we don't the whole union's gonna burn yeah we have to go back to the ideals of those 13 colonies. And the idea of individual self-government based on the individual level, the local level, the county level, then the state level. And then if there's a little bit left over for the federal government, then you might get a piece of something.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, that's, that's the type of politicians we need to have in this state now and in this government now because that's the world we live in now. Yeah. Unfortunately. I Info- may be wrong, but that's, that's yeah. what I see.
0: I just, I think it's been a long time coming. So go ahead, Julie,
2: what are you going to say? And Well, I was just going to say, and sometimes, sometimes that is saying no to federal money. I mean, so, you know, when I was a homeschooler, when we first started homeschooling, and, that, and this was, you know, what I really loved about Tim Wahlberg as well, back in the day, you know, he was kind of a, a homeschooler as well. And Michigan had no laws, you know, about homeschooling. So that was kind of cool. Um, you know, I did belong to a, a legal defense fund to make sure that, you know, if they came knocking at our door, I could have someone, you know, having my back if they weren't going to take my kids away. Um, um, but really, one of the reasons why we thought it was a good idea not to take any, you know, state money is that if you take state money, then now with that money comes strings attached or regulation to attached to that. Exactly. Yep. And I mean, the same thing comes to Michigan, you know, so if we're all going to say, oh, okay, we can hardly wait to take federal money, that's the same kind of thing. So, oh, yeah, we mm-hmm. want that federal money, which, by the way, remember, is our money. Right. <laughs> that's our oh, yeah, money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stolen from so us. So that's our yeah. money. <laughs> um, and it's gone to the, to the federal government. And so, of course, then, you know, as, as a state, we're trying to take as much of that money to, to come back to our state, which sounds like a great idea for sure but as well that also comes with strings attached regulation is well attached to that um,
1: isn't that kind so of yeah, like, isn't that kind of like groveling you got to grovel well, to the federal government. Can we please have our money back? Right. You took it, you <laughs> right. stole, it, you stole it? it from us in the first place, but we got to grovel right. and beg for you to get it back and we have to go by your, by your right. freaking Whatever you tell us to do right. with yeah. our own money. Your, your strings, you know, like you said, your strings attached. It's like, but that's ours in the first place. You stole it from us. Right. And I don't but think that's what we people have to understand. be
2: careful about, about giving up our rights. You know, we have to be really careful about making sure that that legis- that we're not giving away our rights with the legislation that we pass. And so that that's kind of something big to look at because you know somebody's got a problem and you're like, "Oh, well, you know what we need we need some more legislation to take care of that problem." And, and so, right. you know, how many more rights then have we given up to that bureaucracy or whoever it is? You know, every time we write something like that, somebody's got to enforce it. So, my question in the first place, you know, back to election integrity, well, who's enforcing that law? You know, right. well, same with all the other legislation that we come out with. You know, it doesn't make any sense to pass it if we're not going to force it. Um, but then what do we have to invent to enforce all this? What, what's um, the, um, again, it's just like an onion. Yeah. Lots of layers. But what's, <laughs>
0: what's that saying? The hell, you help me out here, Jake. Um, the di- Halgarian dialect. The, uh-huh. the government creates the problem but then also wants to give you the give you solution, solution for from it. the problem yeah. that they freaking created. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, but mm-hmm. we've been witnessing this, the whole, mm-hmm. well, since I've been alive, um, and, right. and then following, don't,
2: care. don't worry. We'll take care of you. Right. Yep.
0: But we, if I you know create
2: it. the problem,
1: create solution. We broke your
0: leg,
2: <laughs> and, but
0: we got a solution to fix your leg. You just got to pay more money, mm-hmm. yep. you know? So if we keep throwing money in, and politics at stuff, it, it always, it's the history of life. Is that it never works and it always fails? No, nope.
2: mm-hmm. and
0: at some point, but the problem is we just need more people to wake
1: up. Like Ronald Reagan said, the scariest words. Five scariest We're, words. Yeah, I'm from the, the government. government. We're here there to help. help. Yeah, yeah. They're not here there to
0: mm-hmm. help. No, that's you don't want to hear that. You nope. know. Nope. And I understand nope. we we you know government's a necessary evil that mm-hmm. we we need something. I mean, uh, is I think small t-
1: small scale. Necessary evil small scale, well, but like, on a large scale, it's just nothing but
0: evil, yes, well, like thomas mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson said, you know, if men were angels, we wouldn't need government
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, it's true, yeah, because there's a lot a right, right, lot it, there's a lot of evil people in brings, this world, you know, um, it brings you but, back
2: to morality and Christianity, yes, really, absolutely. I mean there's these ten commandments, by the way, <laughs> that are mm-hmm. a pretty good rule to live by oh no, you, you can't ha-
1: you can't have those on the state steps anymore. Yeah. Can't have them on federal steps anymore. Did have can't you, live by morals. You get only only government can uh, can legislate morals.
2: Separation of church and state, which right. by the way is not in the constitution. No, it's no, it's not. it's not, it's not at all. Uh, all it was was
1: to the it, government. It, couldn't dictated
0: a religion. Yeah, that's all. was. that's all it was. Right. It was, it, right. As, it, was it was telling
1: the government you can't tell religion how it, it was more of a First Amendment thing where you can't yes. you cannot restrict what. Religion does, and so they turn it around and turn it into a state's. Yeah, right, just, I know.
0: Well, we live in nineteen eighty four. I were I I truly believe. Yeah, I mean George Orwell was. Uh, a yeah. Prophet. Well, no, not because no,
1: because he was a Fabian socialist, and yes, he, I know. he knew he knew what was going on, and yeah,
0: but he, he wrote had, that book in the
1: fifties. Correct, but Fabian socialist been around since eighteen hundred. So I, know I mean, they that's, have been. That's, yeah, that's yeah, I know. You know no, it's I know. something that they you know, they you're not gonna. They they they've planned this out, you know. This is a they, more, they, plan. They, they
0: play the long game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Our enemies play the long game. Yep. And
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the, the problem with uh, our uh, thinking is because we're just like live let live, right? You know. I mean that's pretty much conservative mm-hmm. way of thinking, libertarian way mm-hmm. of thinking.
1: Leave me alone. I leave you alone. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And but they're like, no, we're not going to leave you alone. You know. And and that's the thing that we're we're. Uh, that's what we're fighting right now, unfortunately.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mhm. So well Julie, I hope yeah. you uh fight like hell to to do, you know, the people's work. And um
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know. It it we live in uh tough times, um, not only in America, but across the country. Um or across the world I should say. I mean you see what's mm-hmm. going on with Ukraine. Um it seems that powers that be you want a world war three. Um, Lindsey Graham comes out and is asking for the assassination of president Putin of Russia. It's like, you just, are you want, you want a world war three, you know? Oh, so it, wow. did you see that?
2: Yeah. No, uh-uh. yeah, oh, that did. was today. That he was came today. out
0: today and yep. pretty much wow. said to assassinate.
2: Wow.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I got, I got one last question I want to ask you. Who's mm-hmm. your pick for governor?
2: Who's my pick for governor? <laughs> you know, so I have to say I haven't heard all the governors in, or all the candidates. I'm sorry, in person, um, I I have been pretty impressed with Ryan Kelly. Okay. Um. So, but again, I haven't heard them all. Um, I I thought he sounds pretty true to to our Republican beliefs. So you're not going to support um, the uh,
1: establishment pick of uh, Craig.
2: Um. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Put you, the spot. <laughs> you know, okay. I, okay. You know, I, if he wouldn't have came out and the Republican Party in Michigan wouldn't have th- thrusted him so far forward up everybody's, you know what? Caboose. I, I, I probably would have supported the guy. But as soon as, you know, I seen uh, Garrett Sedano, you know, basically get shunned, uh, Ryan Kelly getting shunned, and all these other, you know, really great picks that people could probably do some really good, but they took a... Uh, he's not a career politician, but when you're a chief of police, you're a politician. I'm sorry, yep. and you know, as soon as he announced it, they they thrusted him up on there, and he had this trip and stumble and fall on his announcement, and then, but yet the Republican Party is still standing right behind him, and that's their guy, and that's who they're polling. That that's mm-hmm. not my that's not my guy. I'm sorry, I just mm-hmm. I can't I can't mm-hmm. go with an establishment pick. So, um, I, I I can go with you on on the Ryan Kelly or Garrett uh, Saldano. Because Garrett mm-hmm. was right there with the stand-up Michigan right from the get-go, and was was crying foul from this whole beginning.
0: One, well, I think that people are yearning for regular people to run, like like you mm-hmm. You know, you're not a mm-hmm. politician, not at all. And I, I know you got a. If you get elected, I know you're probably gonna be shell shocked when you get to Lansing. Yeah. You like. Uh, what really? the heck's going on here? Yeah. That's
1: why I asked if Brana kind of warned you on how bad it is up there, yeah, <laughs> or <yeah>. not? <laughs> She's probably like, "No, I want you. I want you in there, so I don't want to tell you how bad it really is." Because <laughs> I, I, I just noticed because I, I, I voted for Brana twice, and uh, great, great gal. Had conversations with her, um, you know, fairground stuff and uh, door knocking stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, it just, you know, from her first stent to her second is like you can tell that the second time around she only ran because there was nobody else to oppose her and i don't feel that she really wanted the second term because she realized how bad it really was up there but she went the second term and she said that i'm gonna fight like hell to do the best thing i can and do the best i can for my constituents um that was just the feeling i got that it's just the Mm -hmm. second time around like it's. I don't think she really wanted to go, but there was nobody there to oppose her, and um, you know, that that's kind of telling to me. I'm really good at reading people, and it's just, it's scary, you know. And I, and I I hope you know the best from you. I mean, I, I've enjoyed the conversation we've had. Thank you. Um. Well, I, if I, th- I
2: can just interject one last thing before we go, <laughs> so just remember that there's a huge turnover this time in in the house. Right, it's it's like forty seven out of hundred. I think it's one hundred and eleven seats. So big turnover this time. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so important for people to just make sure that they're, you know, listening to and hearing and seeing all those candidates. Like I said, you know, as far as I know, you know, Ryan Kelly. So far, I had thought was the best. He's the one I've really seen in person. And if I have the opportunity to see others, I will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it is really just important because you know there are four people running for the House of Representatives right now. Um, You know, our senator Dale Dorn is running.
1: Right. I heard Dale was. um, Um,
2: So he's hoping to pick up two years, um, really just because, you know, he has the experience. So he's kind of running on his experience. Of course, he's done, you know, great work. Um, But then as well, we have um, Ryan Rank, you know, the retired police chief, and as well, Austin C from Tecumseh. So, I mean, I don't want you to vote for me just because I'm good looking. You know, my husband might say, (laughs) Right. Yeah, you know, for my wife. She's good looking. But right. um, all kidding aside, really, you just want to make sure that you're putting the right person in office. You know, there's plenty of things for me to do out there. So if I don't get this office, there's other things for me to do because I think, yeah. as we've all heard and seen, you know, there's a lot of work to be done and that's yep. what we need to be doing is stepping up and doing it. Well, we um, got, so I'm hoping, uh, you know, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: But, so I would be honored. I would be honored to be the representative of Lenawee County. Um, but for sure, I, I think everyone just needs to look at all the candidates to make sure they're they're uh, voting for the one that, that they think is really going to do the best job.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Sure. Uh, I do know that there's some county health board seats that are coming up. There's some county commissioner board seats coming up. So if, if it doesn't work mm-hmm. out for you at the uh, state level, uh, I'd be more than happy to have you at the county level as well um, because uh, we need fighters and we need people that are just right. fed up and sick and tired of being sick and tired mm-hmm. and that are just we we've got to start somewhere whether it's at the state or county level uh mm-hmm. it, things have got to change they've yeah. got to change I and mean, we've got to bring to heel our state governments that are out of control uh, i think we uh, our our government in the last 2 years proved that they don't have control of the higher offices um Nestle's I think has been a mess. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously Benson's been a mess. She's uh not a good not a good person to be in that job. Um and I really hope that there is secretary of states that are running that are gonna be viable candidates against her. Um same Well
2: something that. else to remember, by the way, just on that note, um, you know, precinct delegates are the ones that, that really vote for them. You know, precinct delegates delegates mm-hmm. are the ones that move your you know, uh, attorney general to the forefront for the election. So, those Correct. are as well important things to do because a lot of those precinct delegate seats really just go un- unfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, just yeah. throwing that in there. Yeah.
1: So, um, I guess uh, that's definitely something that I need to look into as far as where our mm-hmm. delegate seats are in in our yeah, area. there's a here. lot of
2: power there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I
1: know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
2: Cause we got to pick, we have to pick the right person that's going to be able to win against, you know, her, right. You know, we got to pick yep. the right person to, to win, you know, against our secretary of state. So those are important. And those are, yeah. those are positions that we elect through the precinct delegate. Right.
1: And something to worry about too. I mean, it may not be so much here in Lemony County, but in, uh, you know, bigger, bigger precincts and bigger areas where, um, I know that, um, and this has been something that's come out in the past year, two years, is that um, the Democratic Party, Part the Democrat Party has actually been putting up their own candidates as Republicans, uh, and and talking the game. But once they get in there, they have total control over them to do whatever the heck they want. Uh, that's mm-hmm. happened a lot in like Georgia and states like that. Uh, Wisconsin's been a wow. big issue. Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. huge yeah. issue with that, where they're putting up candidates, calling them calling them Republican, conservative, Trump supporters, this, that, and the other thing to try to get you know to put that little you know, little you know notching people's heads that, Oh, that's the guy I want because he supports that or he's that or Mm -hmm. the other thing. But when they get in the power there, it's just like, Nope, they voted completely the opposite of what we voted them in there to do, or they had different Mm -hmm. policies and, and they weren't the people they were. So that's always a scary thing. So it's nice to have this interview where you, um, I waited till the very end to say something like that to where you pretty much, you know, laid out all your values and your thoughts, you know, prior to me even saying something like that. And, I mean, well, you're you seem genuine about yeah. what your what your views and stances are. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. It's much yeah, appreciated. Yeah, so hope, hoping to hold the ground on that for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know it's, well, it was great? It's tough to uh, be on this side of politics and then to go on the other side when yep. you're elect, an actual elected official and then have to deal with the mess that is our uh, our government. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: With so, that, uh, we wish you the best. Yeah. Well, and, uh,
0: Julie, Julie, go ahead and, and plug yourself. Get your uh, website, Facebook, whatever social media you got. Go ahead and plug that.
2: Oh, okay. So, um, yeah, I am on Facebook at uh, Julie Moore for State Representative. Um, I do have a website, which is uh, Um And my email is um, moreformichigan at gmail. So um, cool. it's been pretty easy to find me out there, yeah i um, happy to meet people and have a discussion, um, so just looking forward to, you know, it's always a good thing when you get to know more people in your community, and, and I really enjoyed that. I mean, we have some really great people in our community, um, God, just giving back, you know, just doing lots of things, whether it's, you know, monetarily or with their time. Um, Lenawee County is just a great county, and, and I would be proud to represent that.
1: Right on. Right well, on. if you have any meet and greets or anything like that coming up or here throughout the summer months on the election trail, let us know. and We'll uh, try to plug you and get people out to meet you at any events you got going on. And Yeah, especially. Uh, we'll do. In-
2: and I love to be invited to events, actually. You know, I, I sometimes think, well, who's really going to come see me? But I'd love to come see you. So I'm out at every event I can uh, find to do as well. So if anyone sees a good event for me to come to, I'm more than happy to come to you.
1: Awesome. 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 Cool. We'll pass the word along. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, well, thank you so much, Julie.
0: This was fun. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, and I did. Uh, thank awesome. You. Well, we'll have you back on hopefully uh, in uh, closer to the election cycle. And um, super. Yeah. Get sure. a report and see where I you're at. With you things. Yeah. So cool. Great, All right, Julie. All right. Yep. Have have good weekend. evening. Yep. 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 Bye God bye. bless. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye.